A good news, good news, chariots are coming. Good news, good news, chariots are coming. Good news, good news, chariots are coming, and I don't wanna leave me behind. Well, good news, good news, chariots are coming. Good news, good news, chariots are coming. Good news, good news, chariots are coming, and I don't wanna leave me behind. Well, there's a long way. Good morning. This is Pastor Enroy G. Ferguson of the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. And this is your program, A Word from Heaven. Good news, chariots coming. Good news, chariots coming. Good news, chariots coming. And I don't want to leave me behind. There's a golden crown in the heaven. This morning, the scripture comes to us from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 59, verse 19. And I read, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I want to speak to you this morning on the topic, God never surrenders the field. Good news, chariots come sweet. Sweet news, chariots are coming. So glad, so glad, chariots are coming, and I don't want to leave me behind. There's a golden harp in the heaven. Let us pray. Father, at this time in earth's history, when so often people tend to believe that evil has taken over and that God is no more a power and cannot do anything in the face of the many challenges. Give me the power this morning, Lord, to show that the God in Zion reigns and his will will be done on the earth. And whatever happens, God never is out of existence and God is involved in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And I don't want to leave, and I don't want to leave me behind. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. The book, the book of Genesis records that when man sinned, both Members of the human family felt guilty, defective, sinful, abandoned, and out of place. But God did not abandon them in sin or give them over to evil. Instead, God came after man to get him back. God called out to man in the Garden of Eden, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Throughout history, God has continued to do that. God always seeks men. He says to people, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I drawn you. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. That is why we are never alone in our battle against evil. The evil one, on the other hand, is always trying to tempt, torment, 
harass and conquer everyone. Evil pests and terrorizes the soul of the youngest to the wholest and the poorest and the richest, from the most innocent to the most vile, until it can truthfully be said that all have sinned. Eventually, sin separates us from God, from his protection, his direction, his program, and his plan. While people are afraid of dopey and ghosts and figments of people's imagination, it is so ridiculous that very often those same people feel bold enough to stand up and dismiss, disdain, and disregard God, the creator and ruler of all things. But history is a record of evil claiming to have full control of things on earth and of God disputing that claim, then overthrowing that claim and eventually destroying that claim and grinding it to powder. Look back in history for proof. In the book of Chronicles, Sennacherib, the Syrian ruler of that day, dared and threatened God's people and Ezekiah, the then king of Israel. But Sennacherib was deposed and finally destroyed by members of his own family. And the threats that he gave against God's people never materialized. God is never out of the field. In the book of Daniel, Daniel 3, the emperor of history's first world empire, Nebuchadnezzar, commanded everyone to bow down and worship a 90-foot by 30-foot golden image that he set up in the plains of Dura. Every area of the empire had representatives there. These representatives all were called upon to bow down to this image. All bowed except for three Jewish young men by the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, these three were thrown in, into a fiery furnace in an area filled with oil deposits and oil wells. Today, it constitutes the modern nation of Iraq. The authorities went further to heat the fire seven times hotter. But those three still survived. As a matter of fact, they were untouched, unarmed, and unstopped by the fire. On the other hand, the soldiers who threw them into the fire were destroyed by the heat. In the end, the, that emperor was forced to acknowledge that the Most High rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever he wills or wants. The Most High rules. Not those who get political power by vote, trickery, revolt, revolution, or even by royal descent. Nebuchadnezzar found this out in his experience. And because of the lessons he learned there, he wrote the whole fourth chapter of the book of Daniel. Acknowledging Daniel's God, his power, and his ability to put down even kings and put up kings. Of course, that was quickly forgotten and removed from the history books. Years later, in the time of Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Daniel, the great Jewish 
Babylonian wise man and statesman was deposed, removed, and discarded from government because he didn't suit the feelings and motives of the young king. He became something of a living dead. He was ignored and bypassed. It was as if he wasn't around. Nabonizer, thus, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son had become king, but he was scholarly, and so he preferred scholarly pursuits. So he left the day-to-day -day running of the Babylonian empire to his young, brash, proud, self-confident son named Belshazzar. Now, Belshazzar was therefore the second ruler in the kingdom. This young Belshazzar reveled in his power and riches and the fact that he was so promoted at so young an age. So, to establish himself and to show off his power, riches, luxury, and magnificence, he had a feast for a thousand of his lords and he drank wine before them. At the height of the feast, he called for the golden vessels that were taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He disregarded, defiled, and desecrated those vessels with his wives, his princes, and even his concubines. Those revelers praised the gods of gold, silver, brass, iron, and wood. It seemed like they dared the God of Israel to do something about it. I want you to understand that he felt like God and was subconsciously daring God. One always has to be careful how you deal with the God of heaven. Because in the midst of the feasting, feasting desecration of the holy vessels and praising of gods of wood and stone, a hand appeared right beside a lighted golden candlestick on the wall. And that hand began to write. It just kept writing. Mine, mine, tikel, opas. Mine, mine, tikel, opas. What it meant uh, literally was numbered, numbered, weighed, divided. Numbered, numbered, weighed, divided. The wise men understood the words that were, say, say, were written, but they didn't understand the message that was delivered. That's why Nebuchadnezzar had, sorry, Belshazzar had to call on Daniel through his mother to come and interpret what the hand was saying. When Belshazzar realized what it was saying and that it was promising the doom of his kingdom, the Bible says his loins got loose, his knees knocked together. He had something of a heart attack. All of a sudden, the great Babylonian empire was at a end, at the height of a feast desecrating the God, God of heaven. I want you to understand that God is never, does never surrender the field. But the devil, evil angels, and evil men are always slow to learn. And so, God had to give them some more lessons. Not just easy lessons to learn, but the lesson that the most are rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever he will. Not just to the wise, bold, prudent, and powerful, but also to the foolish and frail the indisciplined and uncontrollable, and even to the immoral and mentally or psychologically unstable. Yes, even to the basest 
class of men. The eloquent poet says it well. Though the cause of evil prosper, yet his truth alone is strong. Though its portion is the scaffold and upon the throne is wrong, yet that scaffold sways the future. And beyond the dim unknown stand a God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. My friends, God never surrenders the field to the devil. And even when it seems so, have no fear, it is not. He assures us also, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. There is a message here for the supremely rich men and women, governments and authorities of all ages, and especially of our age. Instead of lording it over your fellow human beings, instead of causing people to buy or sell or not to, to come out of their homes or to stay in their homes, to live or die by your word and by your will and your, pla uh, your plan. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of the God of the universe. Lest the master of the universe come down and break the backbone of your power and declare in terrible, thunderous uh, words from heaven, Thou fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then whose shall those things be which you have acquired? Instead, listen to God's word. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. This is a warning and instruction to small and great. God is never circumscribed. God is never ignored. Not successfully. So somebody is asking today, can the lawful captive be deli delivered? I answer, yes, in the words of the Bible. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, says Psalms 23. God goes after his good, repenting children, but not them alone. He also welcomes home formerly prodigal sons and daughters, Mary Magdalene's and those who have wandered far away from God, who have damaged and even destroyed almost their lives. He promises to every determined, believing Christian, I will contend with him that contended with you, and I will save not only you, but also your children. That's what Isaiah says. God never surrenders the field. When an uncontrollable and unpredictable cruel King Saul failed him and disobeyed him, he had a Jonathan, Saul's own son, and later a David. When the scribes and Pharisees wouldn't listen to the Lord Jesus as he preached in the New Testament, there were 12 disciples. Then there were, there were the main, the blind, the lame, and the poor. The songwriter says it well, and though this world with devils filled shall threaten to undo us, we will not fail for Christ has will, his cause to triumph through us. So trust and obey God and follow him in the dark and dismal day, for truth crushed to the ground will rise again, and evil has in it the seeds of its own destruction. Finally, remember God never surrenders the field. 
So follow him, obey him, fear him. And remember that those who will accept the mark of the beast so that they can buy or sell are the very ones who will get condemnation of the third angel of revelation and will have to drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture. Do you want that for your future? If not, make up your mind to give your life to God. To trust him when you can't see him. To do his will even when you can't figure out his way. For God never ever leaves his children. It's my prayer to you today. God bless you. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet The words repeat Of peace on earth Now this day had come The belfries of all Christendom Had rung so long The unbroken song Of peace on earth We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of life and health and all things. And though we live in an era where COVID-19 is frightening the daylight out of some people, let us remember that this is still our Father's world and God still takes care of his own and that he watching over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. Lord, I heard a bell, the bells on Christmas Day, says a certain Christmas carol. The old familiar carol play. And it goes on to speak of how strong evil looks. But even though evil looks so strong, the wrong will fail and the right will prevail eventually. So Lord, help us to make everything right with thee. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Enroy G. Ferguson, and this program that you have listened to is a word from heaven. The subject was God never surrenders the field. Never forget this. When you feel alone and flooded out by the evil surrounding you, God is still at your side, and he will not forget his own. This is my word to you in Jesus' name.
is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right.